0: Mindfulness Mode 84. He'd smoke his pipe and then he'd say, well, you know, Bruce, the best thing you can do is listen. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us. As appreciation for listening, I have a meditation infographic for you called Calm Your Busy Mind. This download focuses on breathing, exercise, and mantras. Get your copy at mindfulnessmode.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. You're listening to Mindfulness Weekends with Bruce Langford, and today we're talking about fear. Now, fear is a really, really great topic to talk about in relation to mindfulness because I think sometimes we don't realize how much fear grips us, how much fear is actually determining what we do or don't do every single day. I know that's true for me. I mean, I, I think when I think about fear, I think about more superficial things. Sometimes I think about, you know, the fear of falling off a ladder or the fear of getting stung by a wasp, things like that. There are certain reasons why I think of those kinds of fears. But really, probably what I should be more fearful of is the fear of what's holding me back, Like, what is holding me back in life? And what is, like, I was just thinking, you know, I usually interview guests and then I have my weekend show and I have guests on my weekend show. And then we talk about a topic and my guest makes comments and we talk about quotes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I have a fear to just just dig in and do my own weekend show without having somebody else on to chat with. I mean, as much as I like chatting with some of my friends and previous guests, it's always fantastic. But what would it be like to just do my own show? Well, I think that is a big fear because it's just me. And as I'll be talking about, there's that whole fear of perfectionist. That's whole fear of exposing yourself and You know, this week is a celebration because I just hit 100,000 downloads on Mindfulness Mode, and that is really exciting. But I think, oh, maybe I don't really allow myself to celebrate things like that enough because I know I've hit other milestones and I haven't really said a lot about it. I think, well, you know, with a podcast, I'm here for you. I'm here to, to... help you understand what mindfulness is. I'm here to give as much as I can to give content, to give great interviews, to give as much as I can to you, the listener, Mindful Tribe. I really appreciate you for listening and for being part of the show. I mean, the only part of the show that really matters because if you weren't listening to this show, it wouldn't even matter what I did because the show is all about you, the listener. So I'm going to to just talk about fear today on my own and uh, just face that fear of doing my own entire show by myself. Well... When I think about fear, I think about these acronyms. I just wanted to start with that. And the main one I think of is false evidence appearing real. Because that's what sometimes people say. Well, don't forget, fear really is false evidence appearing real. I mean, if you're scared, what is the worst that can happen? Is that is that false evidence or is it really something, you know, you're being chased by a tiger and you have fear? well, that's not false evidence, that's real. And you have a, a good reason to be fearful in a, in a case like that. Or maybe in my case, I grew up in the farm, maybe I went into one of the fields or one of the pens and there was a bull there and I didn't get out out when I should have and that would not have been false evidence if that bull had looked at me and not been in a good mood and decided to ram me. And that happens. Well, false evidence appearing real, the fact is, I think 95% of the time, the thing that we're really feeling fear about is not truly something that we should be fearful of. You know, like we're afraid to start writing because we think, oh, well, maybe I won't know what to write, or maybe I'll say something I shouldn't, or something like that, or we're afraid to make a phone call to somebody to tell them that you don't want to buy the such and such, you know, and really, is that really truly fear? Well, that would be false evidence appearing real, I'm pretty sure. Now, when it comes to acronyms, there's a couple of others. I've noticed this a couple of times in the last few days. This one, I've seen it on Facebook. It says this, some people say fear has two meanings. One, forget everything and run, or two, face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Well, that's powerful, isn't it? Because, of course, sometimes, I mean, I have to admit, sometimes I feel fearful and I just want to avoid that thing that I feel fearful of. In teaching anti-bullying strategies, sometimes I do teach that, hey, you know what? If you're afraid you're going to be bullied by a certain person, maybe you should avoid that person. Maybe you should avoid the area where that person goes. So in my opinion, it's not always wrong to avoid the thing that we're fearful of. Sometimes it's just plain smart. It's a smart thing to do. If you examine the fear and you examine the thing that you're fearful of, You can make a good decision as to whether, hey, should I really avoid this thing? Is this a smart thing to do? Or is this something that I really should dig into and I really should step up and face that challenge? Well, fear is sometimes so deep-rooted. But when I think of fear, I want to go back to when I was about eight years old and I saw my dad painting a fence or a gate and and I just thought that looked like the coolest thing. I've mentioned this before in my podcast. And because of that memory and seeing how, you know, that white paint made that gate look amazing. I just fell in love right at that instant with a whole idea of painting a fence or painting a house or painting a room. I thought that was just a really cool thing. And so when I was 14 years old, I, I, did a little bit of painting here and there, but my grandfather, my grandpa Milo, he decided that maybe he could use my help. In fact, he thought maybe I could really step up and do a whole lot of work because he had this house. It was a big two-story house with white clapboard siding. That means just like boards that had been painted. And it was really looking rough because it needed a coat of paint and he was not looking forward to it because of course he was my grandpa he was older he was not really a person that was feeling like he wanted to be up on top of a ladder but he thought well here's this this 14 year old grandson of mine maybe he'll paint my house for me and so he asked me and I was like thrilled he said yeah that could be your summer job you could ride your bike in here and you could paint every day and you know like so, I thought this would just be the greatest thing, so yeah, we lived about a mile and a little bit away from my grandpa who lived in in the village of Kerwood in Ontario, Canada, and I lived out on the farm so Every day I would get on my bike, but the first day, you know, I rode in there and I was like so excited, loved riding my bike, loved feeling, feeling the wind in my hair. And I got in there. The thing he said is though, he said, don't come before 10 o'clock in the morning. And that was because grandpa Milo loved to sleep in and he loved to have his own space in the morning. So he loved to get up and he'd, uh, Go have his constitution and read the Reader's Digest. I know that. And then by 10 o'clock, he'd be ready. So then I arrived at 10 o'clock and he laid out the groundwork. He said, No, this is the way it's going to be. I'll buy the paint and I'll have the paint here ready and I'll stir the paint for you. And so he was a guy that was very sort of systematic about the way he wanted things to be. He laid it out. And here's your paint brush and here's your paint and here's the ladder and i'll help you put the ladder up so then i thought this was all great and i had my paint pail and my paint clothes on and my uh you know my my cap with the peak on it so the sun wouldn't shine in my eyes too much and so he put the ladder up to the to the end of the house and this was a peaked house and it had a steep roof and So the ladder, he says, well, you always start at the top and you move down, you know, when you paint. So, so we got this ladder and put it up at the, at the uh, end of the house. And he said, oh, well, actually normally you start at the top, but that's really, really high. And my ladder is not high enough to reach to the top of the, the peak there of the house. So, We'll have to wait. I'll borrow a ladder from your dad and you can start painting this part around the porch. So I'm painting, 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 loving it, having a great time. So then my dad brought this other ladder and I kind of watched as my dad and my grandpa Milo, they, they laid the two ladders out and what were they doing? Oh, they were tying the two ladders together with a rope. And I mean, okay, I was only fourteen. I thought, okay, well, I mean, if they're doing this, it must be safe. This must be a safe thing to do and i I don't know i I just thought it seemed a little unusual, but anyway, so they got the two ladders tied together with a rope, and they they put the these ladders up at the peak of the house, which like seemed like the the incredibly high to me, and up it went way up, and it was about. I'd say less than two feet away from some hydro lines that were up there so anyway I thought okay up I go and I climb up climb up well I gotta tell you the ladder was springy I mean it was two ladders tied together so it was kind of like you know walking on a trampoline as I walked up this ladder and Anyway, I got to the top of it and I looked at these hydro wires and I'm like, ah, you know, like, ah, now fear. Now talk about fear. I get up there and I thought, man, I got to be careful because, I mean, these are hydro wires. And I'm just guessing that I got to be pretty darn careful around these hydro wires because they probably are carrying some pretty strong electrical current. And... Anyway, I was careful and I I was actually scared the whole time I was up there when the ladder was that close to the wire. There you go. Fear served me well at that point because, yeah, you wouldn't want to go up there and just go, oh, yeah, whatever. And, you know, accidentally bump into those hydro wires because, yeah, that was a scary thing. That was scary for a good reason. So anyway, I painted and painted and painted and then came down off the ladder and we moved the ladder and painted some more and everything was good. It was springy, but nothing happened. I didn't fall off, nothing like that. And so then, you know, I go up there another day, ride my bike in, you know, my grandpa Milo's there and he's smoking his pipe and he's packing all this stuff tobacco into his pipe that oh everything he was doing seemed to have to do with that pipe and it was I don't know I didn't know what that smell was at that time but it was probably some kind of like brandy flavored tobacco or something (laughs) Not, I don't know anything about tobacco and the different flavors and stuff but he had different flavored tobacco in his pipe and he would smoke it and you know, that's just a memory that I have, the, the the smell of the pipe smoke and everything. So then I'd go up there and paint some more. Well, I got there the one day and it's like, okay, today you're going to be painting up there. And I'm like, okay. Well, there was this porch that was just on the bottom half of the house. So that meant that the ladder had to be like really, really slanted out to go over the porch roof and then on up higher and higher and higher. And... I thought, okay, well, I've been safe with all the other times. Everything will be fine. My grandpa was standing there, and he said, oh, yeah, you'll be okay. So here I went up the ladder, and my grandpa went back inside his garage to probably fix a toaster or something, which he absolutely loved doing. And I was up there painting. I was just getting started, and I, you know, tied. Not tied, but I had my paint pail hanging up there on a wire hook, and I'm up there painting and I'm painting. And all of a sudden I thought, ah, what's this? And before I could even think, the ladder just gave way at the bottom. And here I was just hanging onto the ladder and it was going bump, 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 Because the the whole ladder was just sliding down the house. And I was hanging on for dear life and scared out of my mind, like, oh, man, but not really having enough time to think, you know, well, you know, what's going to happen? This is the end. Am I going to be killed? You know, I wasn't thinking thoughts like that. I was just like thinking, I'm hanging on. And I did hang on. And the ladder came to rest on the roof of the porch. And I was like, ah, I think like, man, I was scared. But it was, it was funny, though, because you know, when you don't really have that much time to think about how scared you are, then it all happens so fast. And and I'm like, uh And my grandpa was just like so matter-of-fact about everything. Like he wasn't into drama and... He, I think he just kind of came out later. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, the ladder. So the ladder slid down. You know, like he wasn't, he wasn't uh, into making a big deal out of this. And so I didn't make a big deal out of it. But I, to this day, I still remember that feeling—that bump, 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 bump of the ladder just falling and me being on it, hanging on. Well, I think the thing about that fear is that, you know. It it did stick with me, but it didn't make me afraid to keep on painting or to go up into, you know, go up to another high spot or anything. And like, I know then later I was doing some painting on another house and... This is when that fear probably could have helped me a little bit more because up I went on the ladder and I looked up there and I think I, I think I saw some activity up there at the top of the ladder but I thought yeah it'll be okay just do it you know just kind of yeah I, I live on I lived on a farm you know four brothers I've mentioned that before and one of the things you did not do is you did not show your fear. In most cases. Because if you did, you can imagine, you know, your brothers would make fun of you and my brothers would make fun of me. I mean, it's just, you know, it's sort of a rite of passage, I think, just the way it was. And so, for the most part, if we were going to do something or if we were supposed to do something where we had fear, then we just did it. We just kind of jumped into it and did it. And so, up I went on this ladder this other day. Uh, and like when I said I saw some activity up there, I'm talking, I saw some flying type of insects, you know, whatever. So I climbed halfway up the ladder. I stopped and I looked up there again and I'm like, is that like some kind of a nest up there? I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure if I leave them alone, you know, I'm sure if I just don't bother them, you know, I'm just going up there to paint. I'll just kind of, you know. And probably at the time I was like 15 or something or 16, I don't know. So anyway, I keep going up the ladder and I dip my brush in my paint and I'm like feeling good. I'm going to make this place look brand new and it's going to look amazing and all this. And I start painting and all of a sudden, zap, 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 -buzz, buzz, 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 zap, zap, zap. And well, ouch, I got stung on my face. And I don't know if they were wasps, if they were hornets, if they were some kind of bees, whatever they were, they stung me on my face. And one of them stung me right on my lip. Well, so I came down the ladder and by the time I came down the ladder and got my paint pail and my paint just like safe sitting down somewhere, my lip was expanding and expanding and expanding. And I had this honk and huge lip and I'm going, Oh my like, And I don't even know if I realized how big it was, except that I could feel it. Like I could feel that it. it was like not feeling right. It was feeling weird. And so I... I think I went in and I, inside the house, and I looked in the mirror and like oh, my. and so anyway, what I I do remember that I think somebody took me to, or they gave me some aspirin or something. I, I'm trying to remember. I think they gave me some some kind of medication that you give somebody if they get stung by a bee, and uh, so they gave me this. I think I think actually I went to the doctor. I I think I did go to the doctor because this thing like it just. It just, uh, my lip was so swollen up. It was crazy and hurt. Oh my gosh. But it was like, it just felt like, it actually felt like there was like toxic substance in my lip, which of course there was, right? The substance was definitely toxic to me and it was definitely in my lip and it was not going anywhere. And so for several days, I had to keep taking this medication, and it did reduce the swelling a bit but it was it was probably a, about a week before i felt well again i i literally felt sick like i felt dizzy i felt sick i felt like uh like i thought how could one be now mind you i got stung by more than one of these insects but i thought how how could this one sting make me feel this way. Well, of course, one sting can kill you, you know, if it's the wrong kind of sting. And so I think I'm always very careful now about insects and about going up near nests that look like they might be wasps or bees. And so there you go. I think fear really was a good thing so painting that house for my grandfather, you know, I had a lot of fears that kind of grew out of doing that, you know, falling off that ladder, you know, the the insects, the wasps, the electrical lines up there. And of course, I didn't want to spill the paint, you know, that was a lesser fear, but it was, you know, I was pretty concerned about that too. And So I had all these fears, but my grandpa really helped me because he gave me advice. He was a very quiet kind of guy, understated. He didn't say a lot, but he'd smoke his pipe. And then he'd say, well, you know, Bruce, the best thing you can do is listen. He says, listen a lot more than you speak. That advice will keep you on the straight and narrow, he'd say. And he didn't say it just once. He said it. Enough times that I still really remember Grandpa Milo saying, the best thing you can do is listen. And that's what people say about my interviews, is that I really listen to the person I'm interviewing, and I think that's totally important. You know, you have to listen and respond and listen and respond. And, you know, having that experience where I got stung on my lip, I got stung in my face, I mean... I just felt like, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I probably shouldn't paint anymore. Like this is just something that is so dangerous and scary. And why don't I get some kind of job that is a lot safer than this? Some kind of job that's easier, some kind of job where I can make more money. And well, I th- I thought about his advice. And as I sit here today, sitting in the oak chair he gave me when he was when I was 14 years old, he gave me this oak chair and it's like a an executive's chair because he got it from a bank where he helped them out at the bank and they had this chair. And, you know, I just think about his advice so much that he's he just had these really strong beliefs about being honest and being just being real being the person you really are the person you're meant to be and it wasn't that he talked about that a lot it was more that he was that person and he he just he just was who he was and he didn't try to pretend or he didn't uh try to he didn't tell stories that weren't true or anything like that. He just was the person he was. And I really learned a lot from that summer being with Grandpa Milo and, you know, having lunch with him every day and showing up at 10 o'clock. And then at about five, I would be all finished and he'd say, okay, see you tomorrow, Bruce. And I think... He was really happy to bond with me. And I was really happy to have that summer job. I mean, it was it was a fantastic memory. And when that house was finished, I'm telling you, I stood back and I looked at it and I thought, wow, like that was a lot of painting, but does it ever look good? And am I ever proud of what I've achieved? So fear could have really stopped me in my tracks and I could have said, no, I'm not finishing it, I'm not doing anymore. But even years later, because I embraced that fear and just moved into it and did did the stuff, I think that's the same advice I would give anybody now. If you're facing something that you're scared of, like just think of it. Assess whether that's something you really want to do, whether it's important to you, whether it has meaning for you. And if you think it feels right, just jump in and just move forward with the end in mind. That's what I think. That's my little my little chat about fear. It's been great being here with you. And thanks again for your downloads on Mindfulness Mode because it means so much that I can get my message out there and share it with you. So thanks again and have a wonderful weekend.